Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you today? I've just eaten an entire plate of yesterday's Chinese, so... And around about 25 minutes in, I'm probably going to have a little snooze and Chris is going to have to do a, a monologue for about five minutes uh, to, to end the show. So <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you're going to get from me today. I've been up nice and early uh, fixing a road. There's a, there's a private road outside my residence. Uh, and being a, <laughs> being a tenant rather than a homeowner, I didn't realize that it was our responsibility to fix it. So this uh, local man turned up with a digger full of dirt. A digger full of dirt. A dirt digger. digger full of dirt. Um, and um, the the local people just came out and started uh, um, started shoveling it off off the digger and into the holes, in the potholes that are in in our street. The only problem is I didn't have any of the tools required. I didn't have a shovel. I didn't have a rake. All I had was uh, an admittedly rather sturdy uh, bright yellow broom. So that's what I used to to help out. (laughs) It was just no help at all. This absolute imbecile just wafting little bits of soil with my my hefty broom uh, around the place. So I'd like to apologize to the people of um, Canal Court. I hope you did it to the soundtrack by Martha and the Vandals dancing in the street. For some reason, I just... <laughs> the image of you with a broom. Calling out around the world. Like cleaning the road. Oh, yeah, sounds good. Chris, you nice cannot one. sing that song because you're such a good singer. You're a karaoke <laughs> monster. You're so accurate with your songs. Monster. The 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 the, uh, the, the um, copyright uh, people might note that it's an original. <laughs> they might think that it's actually like a recording, mate. Yeah, exactly. Mentioned a few weeks ago when Ryotaro and I had to remove a clip of Ryotaro singing A Whole New World, even though he literally went, <laughs> A Whole New World. Uh, 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 he didn't know the words, but we still had right. to remove it for copyright reasons. Well, I've just oh, had uh, a staggering amount of cabbage cream eggs uh, and various chocolates for my family felt that they should send me a box of Easter Chocolates, uh, stuff. for That's some nice. reason, quite early. When is Easter? Early, when is Easter? I, yeah, I think yeah, April. Not a clue. <laughs> I don't know when it is. <laughs> well, you've done a show. You've done a show all about um, Christmas. You've done a couple of shows, in fact, about Christmas in in Japan. What about um, what happens in Easter? There's a lot of egg action out there. Absolutely nothing. No, there's nothing. really, they don't know what it is. You think they would maybe. jump on that? Come on, they love chocolate. They love chocolate eggs. You think it would go down well, but uh, no. To to my memory, yeah. there's there's nothing. So. It's a shame. They they embrace (laughs) Christmas, but they forget Easter. They don't don't have any Easter. So, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I guess Easter egg hunts are technically littering, and there's very little littering (laughs) going on in Japan, so... (laughs) <laughs> Very true, but uh, yeah, no, I, I regret eating the uh, the staggering amounts of chocolate that I did today, um, <laughs> man. But uh, this week is a bit of a 
not a great week, really, I guess, because the old Tor Hawkins oh. and Army 10 year anniversary. I can't believe it's mm. been 10 years uh, since it happened now. Uh, it's mm. it's mental, isn't it? It's gone so quick. Well, well, you must be coming up to 10 years in Japan, presumably, because you arrived right after it, didn't you? Yeah, so I came here uh, one and a half years after it happened. Mm. So it's still very okay. fresh at the time. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a pretty big part of my time here. You know, the old Fukushima mm. disaster and the tsunami, given the fact I live in Tohoku and uh, ha- I've lived kind of quite close to where things happened the entire time. Mm. So uh, it is the 10-year anniversary. I actually f- heard this really kind of heartbreaking and sort of uplifting story today about this thing called uh, Phone of the Wind. Phone of the Wind. Kazuno Demo. Mm. It's a really nice idea. This town called Otsuchi in Iwate. Uh, they create this phone where people can come and talk to their uh, their lost relatives who've kind of passed away in the disaster. And uh, people come from all around Japan, not just those who lost family members in the tsunami, but people who have lost family members to disease or suicide or tragic events. And they come and they sort of pick up the phone in this phone booth and just talk as if they're talking to a family member and just mm. kind of let it all out. And it's a really nice idea, really beautiful. Yeah. I've never heard of it until now, even though I think it's been there for many years. Um, and I'm tempted to go and make a video about it because I think it's such an amazing mm. idea to help survive. I wonder who runs it. I wonder if it's like government or some just some, some local people thought it was, a, it was a good idea. Very cathartic, I imagine. It is. I think it's a local who actually lost um, his wife to uh, right. some disease, I think a couple of years, I think even a year before the disaster. And then when the disaster happened, it became a whole lot more popular. But uh, yeah, it's a really beautiful. Kazin or Demwa, the phone of mm. the wind. I think it's a beautiful thing. I wish, I wish I'd known about it because I would have featured it in one of the documentaries. And uh, though... A lot of you guys have asked me if I'm doing another documentary this year about the disaster. I'm not. I haven't got anything planned. Um, I've kind of made three now, and I don't know how much more I can add to the, you know, to the uh, to the story. I don't know how many more people I can find, but I'm proud mm. of the things I've made. And if you want to kind of learn about this tsunami, I go recommend going back and, and watching one of them, whether it's the first one, uh, what happened after the tsunami, where I interviewed the mayor of Onagawa, who had to kind of oversee the reconstruction of Onagawa from scratch, uh, or the $200 billion disaster, where we kind of interviewed entrepreneurs who had bounced back and kind of come up with ideas to revitalize the region. And of course, the mm. Inside Fukushima documentary, um, Go and watch them if you haven't seen them, uh, because yeah. there's some fantastic people in those in those documentaries, and I'm quite proud of them. Mm. I must say, cool. Yeah. yeah, definitely go back and watch them. And also Tokyo Lens, uh, Norm. He's also made a documentary, a great documentary uh, about three people who were caught up in the disaster. One of them was a schoolgirl. One of them was a fisherman. Um, kind of talking about their experiences on the day, and because uh, uh, I haven't made one this year. Go and check that one out because it's a very good documentary, mm. and I take my hat off to Norm for that. Good man, um, I, I like Norm's work. He's he's very um, he's, he's a very calming presence as well. I think when he, when he's on camera, and I like yeah. to think that because he's got a nice big beard, he can hide SD cards in them. So for <laughs> logging for later, he's got a SD card case in his beard. SD card beard. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we've got story of the week, oh and this week is from <clears throat> Andrew from the Sunshine Coast in Australia. He says, "Good day, Chris and Pete. A few years ago, when I was strolling around Osaka Castle, minding my own business and absorbing the history, I had an elderly Japanese man approach me and ask me where I was from. To his delight, I was from Australia, which prompted him to immediately pull out a collection of photographs from his pocket depicting iconic Australian places. The old man told me that he came to Osaka Castle." every day looking for Australian people to talk to as he was obsessed with Australian actors. 
Good God. This is so random. Apparently, each day, he pretends that he is a different Australian actor. That day, he was Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Did this man escape from somewhere? Uh, he then felt it was necessary for him to list off every single Australian actor that he could conjure up. After about 10 minutes, he decided to leave. As he left, he told me that I should never get married because that morning he had an argument with his wife because she refused to call him Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Andrew from the Sunshine Coast. That is a story both mesmerising and terrifying. What do you make of that, Pete? I mean, it reminds me of when my uh, mate uh, Alex, uh, when he was a little kid, he, he's got two, uh, three little stepsisters and he must have been about 18 and they must have been about eight or nine at the time. Mm. Uh, and he used to insist on them calling him Mr. Rock, Rock and Roll. Um, <laughs> and they and, and they, go, they did it for quite a while, but then they started to refuse and he used to get really angry <laughs> that they wouldn't call him Mr. Rock and Roll. So I can understand why this man is very upset because uh, they wouldn't, he wouldn't call him Hugh Jackman. Just got, I mean, maybe just go for Hugh because you never call your partner by both of their names, do they? Just ask, ask for <laughs> Hugh. And in your mind think, yes, I am Hugh Jackman. It's fine. I am Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I love just how angry this guy was that his wife refused yeah. to call him Hugh Jackman. Imagine that argument. He'd be like, call me Hugh. Hugh Jackman. She's like, no. No, I'm not going to call you Hugh Jackman for the last time. Ridiculous. I would like him to do like Mrs. Mrs. Mangle from Neighbours and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and the Robinsons doing them as well. They're really like running out of Hollywood actors. <laughs> Toady from the Neighbours, yeah. Toady, yes. I'm Toady It's amazing. I, don't, I mean, wind back a bit. Every, apparently... To quote uh, Andrews, is apparently each day he pretends that he's a different Australian actor. So he just goes to Osaka Castle every day looking pretends. specifically for Australian people. Can you imagine that? He's going up like, where are you from? England. Oh, fuck off. Where are you from? America. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Where are you from? Spain. Fuck off. Where are you from? Australia. Yes. Yes. New call Zealand. me Hugh Jackman. Uh, Do you like Hugh Jackman? Honestly. <laughs> what, what a job. Castle. What a little, what a, what a miscreant. That's, that is what the word miscreant was created for. Absolute <laughs> local colour maniac. <laughs> there you go. To our many, many Australian listeners, if you want to make a new friend and hear every single Australian actor being listed off in the, <laughs> in the grounds of Osaka Castle, you're in for a real mm. treat. Okay, searching for him. Just just <laughs> wait around and wave a little Australian flag. Let him know that he's uh let him know that you're Australian. I must admit, have you been to Osaka Castle? Have you ever been there? I haven't, no, I didn't hear Meiji, but I've never done Osaka Castle. See Osaka Castle looks quite impressive. It's very large, very mm. imposing, has a strong history. But you kind of go inside and it's a real letdown. It's just like a normal museum, right? And they've just made mm. it look like a castle. It doesn't like I remember going in, I think there was a lift. Um, which is great. I think maybe that's a good idea. Yeah, people accessibility that, uh, reasons. Walk. But at the same time, like the whole uh, inside of it has just been made to feel like a museum. Whereas there are right, other okay. castles like uh, Himeji or Matsuyama that are really traditional, and it it feels like kind of a, a you know a real impressive I castle. Th- but the interior was just concrete. It was yeah. it was all a facade, you know. It was, I mean, I mean, all... I would say that even Himeji Castle, always, when you get inside, it almost feels a little empty because not mm. that much in there. Because obviously, you know, no one's living. <laughs> There's no reason for it to look nice. Um, but maybe Osaka Castle is just they, they just thought, right, this is Osaka. We have to make this look a bit more touristy. A bit, like give something uh, to someone. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But there is a good view. Like, I still recommend going there because the grounds are nice and there's a really good view of all of Osaka from the reef, which is pretty high up, to be fair. Mm. Um, so it is a nice castle in that regard. But, uh, yeah, hopefully this preemptive 
point my preemptive thoughts here will stop you guys from feeling disappointed when you go there expecting <laughs> a authentic historic experience now going mm. back kind of to the tsunami in terms of the first news story of the week japan has ordered 6000 tons of taiwan's pineapples um oh, china no. they rec- pressed the wrong button on the amazon order have they <laughs> did they they clicked the wrong button we thought we only wanted six we we're making a fruit salad <laughs> 6,000 tonnes of pineapples. Can you imagine? <laughs> Honestly. Uh, do you know why this has happened, though, Pete? Do you, are you filled in on all the political situation involved they in Taiwan, really Japan, and China? They really fancy a bit. They really fancy a pina colada. They really fancy. They're making the world's <laughs> biggest pina colada. And a walk in the rain. I love it. <laughs> pina coladas. No, China has banned imports of Taiwanese-grown pineapples uh, due to kind of uh kind of uh how do we say I mean, the relationship between taiwan and china's china's not going very well at the moment and uh, it's mm. going very badly and china has decided to stop importing pineapples which is it might sound trivial but it's a big part of the taiwanese kind of farming yeah. agricultural community and it's going to affect thousands of farmers and so and i think china did a similar thing with australia because they've had tit for tat uh, battles and whatnot. I think they they stopped the imports, so they put massive tariffs on Australia's wine, and uh, because Australia was very vocal about China and the coronavirus. Um, I don't really have, I, I, I you know I like China. The people are great. The country's pretty awesome. The government not so great a lot of the time. The Communist Party I think can be a little bit hardcore. It, it, it's very much like uh, Hong Kong, the, the way that they are reaching well, yes. uh, and, and, and moving back on, on the uh, agreement we had with English, uh, with Hong Kong. Um, correct, they're obviously, yeah. you know, trying to pull uh, Taiwan back into uh, into their particular situation because obviously, you know, the Japan had it for quite a while until about, um, well, obviously 1945, I suppose. Um, they obviously see that as being a big, a bigger deal than, than the Taiwanese clearly do. So, um, yeah, they, they, they just, they, they, they just be doing what Xi Jinping usually does and just, you know, grabbing as much, as much uh, perspective. Uh, I guess, and I guess it's more about, um, uh, water channels as well. You know, the, mm. the waters around Taiwan's probably very, very valuable as well, uh, connected to their, their natural resources. But yeah, they, right. they're just basically doing what, what, uh, what what they're doing in Hong Kong, uh, but the Thai, Taiwanese are a little more um, they're a little bit they're a little better kind of um, in a better position to deal with it, I think, and, and repel it a little bit, especially if they can uh, secure twenty percent of twenty uh, percent of Japan's <laughs> pineapple market, <laughs> which is what they're trying to do. Yes, mm. uh, I think it's nice that uh, Japan basically Japan has a very nice strong relationship with Taiwan, partly mm. because of China and the relationship there, uh, but Taiwan. When the 2011 earthquake and tsunami happened, Taiwan was very good with helping Japan get back on its feet. They helped kind mm. of send supplies and support. And Japan has always kind of remembered that. And so this difficult time, Taiwan and their pineapples, Japan has sort of kicked in and uh, overseen ordering all the pineapples. And uh, apparently 97% of exported pineapples went to China in 2020, right? But thanks mm. to all these orders online, uh, Taiwanese farmers have actually received pre-orders of 41,000 tons of pineapples, various companies and e-commerce platforms and consumers already exceeding the annual quantity of exports to China. So a kind of a happy ending there. But I must say, I do worry about the, the Taiwan-China situation. I do think there's, there is room for conflict there in the coming years, given that China's countries, military is now stronger need friends, don't they? than America's military in 
that region, I think America would have difficulty if China decided to actually try and take back Taiwan. And uh, yeah, I think in the next 10 years, particularly with Xi Jinping, it could be a little bit of a bumpy ride for Taiwan, mm. which is a shame because it's an amazing country, wonderful people. You've been there. I know you like it as much as I do. You went Love into it. an abandoned building, didn't you? Had a nice photo <laughs> on a roof. Got a photo yeah, of you in a chair. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that yeah, you know, that yeah, in Taichung, yeah, beautiful. I, I love that country. I mean, that that Taichung, uh, that that part of Taichung was a dump, but I really like that country. <laughs> it's a really fun, uh, manageable little country. Uh, trains run on time. I, I, you know, I've said it before. That it's 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 China, but it's but it's run by the Japanese almost in style. You know what I mean? Everything works. The food is amazing. Uh, you just feel little kind of like you know you, you feel like you're not going to fall through a floor at any point, <laughs> like you sometimes do in the in the hotels. And, 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 and corridors of, uh, of, of of more rural Chinese areas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Taiwan has always has been developed since the nineties, a more economically developed country. It's kind of got that mm. nice balance between Japan being quite developed and quite wealthy. I think Taiwan per capita might even be wealthier than Japan at the moment. I think last time I checked, mm. it was around forty five thousand dollars per capita, which is pretty impressive. And of course, Taiwan oversees uh, one of the biggest semiconductor. Kind of is is has a is a major player in the semiconductor industry, which is why it's also mm. so important to the US. But it also mm. has that kind of authentic Chinese cultural aspect because when the Chinese nationalists fled the mainland in, I believe, nineteen forty seven, they kind of took a lot of the culture with them to Taiwan. While the People's Republic was culturally decimated in the seventies, thanks to Mao. Taiwan kind of clinged onto it. And so they kind of mm. said, if you want a real authentic Chinese experience, traditional Chinese experience, go to Taiwan. But the food is amazing. And I'd love to go there. Like, I really want to go back to Taipei. Amazing city. Mm. Amazing Me too. place. Me too. Now, back over in the shores of Japan, old Yusuk Maizawa, one of Japan's most eccentric billionaires, is back with his plan to take eight people to the moon in a SpaceX flight sometime wow. in 2023. I can't say I'm optimistic it will happen in 2023, given that just several days ago I watched the very rocket he's supposed to travel in, <laughs> land, on the la- land on the launch pad quite successfully, and then blow up. Not fully. Eight minutes sort of between that, though. Eight, eight minutes between that and the explosion, though, which I thought was really funny. They let the voiceover man explain that this was a successful landing, and then eight minutes later, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they turned the camera off. <laughs> but I suppose it was mostly successful in the sense they got it up and down again, kind of. Mm. Well, it went up. Kind went of, up. yeah. It's all, you, and, it's all uh, you're asking for, isn't it? If you're if, if you Saku Mazawa, um, you're thinking, look, let me just just get, get me up and down, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a great move. It's a bold move. It reminds me of Richard Branson a little bit with his Virgin Galactic since, I think, 2000. I think even in 2007, he's like, we're going to be going to space 2009. Mm. You wait, you see. And then now, along it's been thirteen years and nothing has happened. They're doing a lot yeah. of test flights. Unfortunately, a few astronauts lost their lives and whatnot. But uh, hopefully, there'll be a flight sometime this year. They're saying that Richard Branson will go on it. But yes, Yuzak Maizawa is going on a much more ambitious journey, not just into the atmosphere, uh, but around the moon itself. And he's going to take eight people with him on a project known only as Dear Moon. It's very poetic. It's very nice. Mm. Uh, Eight people from around the world to fill the seats that he's paid for, for an undisclosed sum that's some rumoured to be around $150 million. Nobody really knows, but it's uh, it's said that a kind of a trip of this kind will have to be around that area. I think it's going to have to be more, but maybe Tesla is sponsoring it a little bit. Sorry, not Tesla, Mm. SpaceX, because it's a great PR stunt for the the company. So 
it's quite exciting. It'd be really interesting to see the eight people he picks, but there's an application process with five stages of interviews and screenings to get there. The first stage, stage one, uh, the pre-registration closes on March 14th. I think it's just as simple as writing your name, your country and your email address, uploading a picture. <laughs> and I think you get a little certificate saying, well done for, for applying to be well done part for of nothing There'll be a lot of people like, uh, there'll be a lot of people just trying to get their partners up there after the year that we've had <laughs> stuck at home. Just fucking put them anywhere. <laughs> the bell end. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd love to see someone like Riotere go on this trip. Cause mm. Yeah. I think it'd be good revenge. But... <laughs> just, you, you you try to come up with a reason, and then you just like it should be good. It would just be good, wouldn't it? I wouldn't have to talk to him for a bit. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him off the planet. Uh, stage two kicks off on March fifteenth. Details will be sent out about the requirements for application and selection process, with final submissions of documents on March twenty first. Stage three Ooh. involves a screening based on assignments, though what that means is currently unclear. Based on assignments, I wonder what that could mean. Mm. Take an Instagram selfie in your favourite spot and <laughs> see if you could do it on the moon and inspire people. Following that, there'll be online interviews, stage four, and final interviews and medical evaluations, stage five, which are expected to take place at the end of May. It's all pretty rapid fire, isn't it? March, April, May, three months. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Is it this year? Wow, that's it's pretty this year, crazy. Yeah. Oh well. Unless <laughs> I've read it wrong, I'm pretty sure it's this year. I because uh, I've tried to encourage various friends to sign up to it, but no one's uh, no one's gone for it so far. I mean, you could sign no. up, get the certificate, get the little yeah. Little I watched certificate. the I watched the um, uh, a film called Greenland where um, God, there yes. is a extinction level event kind of thing, and and um, a family have to escape to Greenland. Um, to Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty obviously, um, and uh, and all the way through the film, uh, a little boy who is diabetic has to worry about keeping his insulin uh, with him at all times. And I'd be the same with my asthma stuff. But then I sort of think, would space if I'm just inhaling oxygen? Would I need? Would there be, right. be as many irritants? I might be all right. I no dust, no I, might, cats. I might be cured. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Can't have dust floating around the uh, space station, can you? You could be the first <laughs> asthmatic in space, and the first yeah. person from Hartlepool in space, and the first person I- from the Abroad in Japan <laughs> podcast in space. Yeah, think of all those I'd things. I'd be the the very first astronaut, astronaut. <laughs> Astro- astronaut. Oh god! There you go. Oh god! That's what I've on. Astronaut. Oh boy. Yeah. But it's a nice uh, idea, you know. I think he's a bit vague about what he wants from these eight people. I think he's looking for people that are kind of creative to undertake projects and kind of document the journey. You know, probably gonna be a probably gonna be a rocket full of Instagrammers to be honest. Yeah, just taking photos like it, it? Yeah. and it'll be really depressing. Just people taking TikTok videos and Instagram photos of the moon, being like, Look at me, it's the moon. Can you use a uh, Lightroom uh, mobile pro preset? <laughs> 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 Take some oh wicked selfies. But, uh, yeah, time will tell. What do you think, yeah. guys? Will the project go ahead? Will it be delayed? Would you go on the Dear Moon rocket to, to the moon and back? And, of course, it's mm. most excitingly, I suspect, well, most excitingly for me, I think, is that the rocket with the astronauts on would technically be the furthest that any astronaut has ever gone from Earth because they're going around the moon, right, around the far side of the moon. Right. So, okay. It could be. I think it's probably the furthest astronauts ever gone. The best cheeses, lovely. <laughs> are they going to actually touch down on the moon? Or are no, they they're not. Go no, it's a bit more complicated. Oh come on! 
you get all that way and you don't get to, that's like going on a flight and then flying to you know it's like flying to japan and then back without actually touching down well before neil right. armstrong and the and the crew landed on the moon there were actually apollo flights to the moon and back I, th- mm. I think a lot of people have forgotten that a lot of astronauts some astronauts still did go to the moon and back they didn't land on it they sort of went yeah. out there, had a look, flew back kind of thing. I want to play golf on the moon. I've never played golf before. I want to be my first bit of golf on the moon. I want to <laughs> bounce around. I want to do a, do a somersault. <laughs> <laughs> Take up your sword. Take up your guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Change the world, Pete. But there you go. I'd love to see you up there. I think you should apply. Maybe I'm going to do it on your behalf. Mm. I'll sign you up. Cheers, mate. And when yeah, the certificate it, as comes long as the through. Admin isn't, look, I will, I will happily go to the moon on someone else's admin. As long as I don't have to do fuck all, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know someone who's listening to this is going to sign you up now and you're going to get a little yeah, fine, certificate. good, fine, absolutely fine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. Back in a moment. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. This week at Sukarnov. On Clash of the Titles, things got a little awkward when Alex, Vicky and Chris discussed the Incredible Hulk going to the hairdressers. Have you never had a haircut? 
Hang on, that is not what I asked for. I can't remember what it's like to go to the hairdressers. <laughs> oh, God, sorry, sorry. That's triggering, sorry. That's on me. Bad move, yeah, bad move. Yeah, that is on you. Yeah. Absolutely, I didn't, I forgot... I forgot. Because we haven't seen you for such a yeah. long time. We forgot you've got no <laughs> I'm hair. I'm still poor. So. Yeah, it hasn't grown back <laughs> magically since okay. we last spoke. <laughs> and over on Football Ramble Presents, the On The Continent team have been keeping you across all the European knockouts, as well as a possible title race in League Earn as well. Icardi can be so frustrating because he can be just one of the most impressive finishers. But, you know, when he's not quite on it, he's kind of like the David Blaine of football. Like, he spends a lot of time in a box not doing anything. (laughs) Find Clash of the Titles and Football Ramble Presents on your favourite podcast player and listen now. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. And we're back. Right. Over to the fax machine. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Dawson? We got a message from Alan. Love and Alan. Uh, hey, Chris and Pete, with lockdown extension looming, I've been daydreaming of my last holiday, which was two weeks in Tokyo back in May 2019 for my 30th birthday. The podcast has been helping, and I'm longing for the day when I can return. Following the experience of being bombarded with British cultural uh, references from a Japanese man, I had a similar experience when coming back from a day trip to Kyoto. I was on the Shinkansen after a fun day of exploring. Needless to say, uh, myself and my wife uh, were quite exhausted because we'd walked around on foot all day as we wanted to take in all of the sights. I decided to venture out for I smoked during the train ride uh, back to Tokyo. I was in the smoking car. I struck up a conversation with a young Japanese man with very good English. He found the fact that I was Irish fascinating uh, and he explained to me he was a budding manga artist and was working on a new manga that had uh, themes of uh, Celtic folklore in it. He asked me to regale him with tales such as the Banshees, the Leprechauns and the like. As the conversation continued, uh, I realised I was running out of things to tell this man uh, as his eyes were alight with excitement. I could not break his heart by saying I don't really know more tales I could tell him. So I did, as any good polite Irishman would do, I started to make things up. In my tired state, I told him some of the most over-the-top ridiculous things, like when the Druid gods had a full-on war with the Norse gods for occupation of Dublin, and now a butchered story of the Salmon of Knowledge, a real tale. Um, after 15 minutes, my stop was coming up, and I bid farewell to the man. He thanked me for uh, for everything, and how uh, what I have told him will inspire his manga. Needless to say, uh, if a manga with very questionable themes of Celtic warriors has been made in the last year, please blame me. All the best is hoping I can one day return to Japan all the best presumably just to ruin more manga artists and to lies lying man Alan he's probably inspired some seriously good manga comic books yeah in the yeah, last yeah. years that's great though, exciting yeah. I remember my Irish Beautiful. friends I've got quite a few Irish friends uh, around Japan Ooh, I've got a few Irish friends <laughs> we get an Irish friend off Ooh. who's got the most Irish friends I've got at least four <laughs> But uh, like when I where I was placed in Yamagata, a lot of the coolest folks uh, were Irish. They always Irish people, always the most fun. Yeah. And I don't. I've lost count of how many times I've heard the story of the salmon of knowledge and forgotten it. I literally remember right. nothing about the. Do you do you know the salmon of knowledge? No, I really don't. I thought it's really it was smart. Like the it's a wise fish, salmon. Um, a wise salmon. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot on it. I always zone out while while listening to it. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but I do like. That. I'm quite excited about the druid gods and the war with the Norse gods for the occupation of Dublin. Just imagine this this guy's eyes lighting up as he hears this ridiculous like, story. Um, like the Irish Power Rangers or something. <laughs> just that very Japanese kind of uh, thing where you just have like Mothra and... Uh, Power Rangers. <laughs> like smashing I, through skyscrapers. My uh, One of my colleagues uh, who I worked with at the school, he was used from Ireland, really great guy. And uh, whenever we went to the supermarket, every now and then, 
we would have some strangers come over and be like, where are you from? And I'd be like, oh, England. And he'd be like, oh, I'm from Ireland. And they'd be like, oh, very cold, very cold, many, many snow. And and they always thought Ireland equals Iceland. Iceland, it, right. okay, yeah. so angry. Like he'd be like, oh, Ireland. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, Iceland. Oh, Iceland, amazing. <laughs> many hot springs. We love it. And the amount of times it happened and uh, – one time, we, yeah, it's, I just feel so bad for it. Another time, we got a new English teacher at the school, and I remember he told this new English teacher, the new English teacher sort of said, where are you from? He went, oh, I'm from Ireland. He went, oh, yeah, we had a, a great man from Ireland, Father McKeary, who lived in Yamagata, but he died of alcoholism. And he sort of just <laughs> told this really <laughs> ridiculous story. It's a pretty bland and sad story. Like, oh, he was Ireland. <laughs> he liked to drink, and then he died because he drank too much. <laughs> and my friend was like, okay. And he just sort of just went, yeah. Cracking. All right. And then just walked off. So, yeah, if you're Irish in Japan, you'll have some great experiences, whether it's getting confused with Iceland or hearing about alcoholics. Alcoholic dead man. Alcoholic dead man. Dear, oh dear. We got one here from Zubair. Says, hi, Chris and Pete. My name is Zubair and I'm from Oxford, England. I've been a massive fan of the Abroad in Japan YouTube channel for a few years now as the videos have really helped me for my trip in October 2017. My question is, I know you guys are big fans of fried chicken, especially places like <laughs> Family Mart Chicken, but what would you say is the best place you had fried chicken in Japan that isn't a convenience store? Oh, God. Kind regards, Zubair. Any, any thoughts on this, Pete? Hmm. How's your um, fried chicken I- knowledge? <laughs> I'm doing my best. There was one called um, All My Chicken in uh, Osaka chicken. that I very much enjoyed. Um, but it's, I mean, mainly it's all, like, decent chicken places are invariably, you get the karaage kind of Japanese stuff, mm. but the best is the uh, is the is the Korean chicken. And I, I mean, like, obviously, yeah, if, if you go to Korea, you're going to have a lovely time and eat fried chicken all the time. But they just, I don't know what it is they put, I don't know what differentiates, um, you know, southern fried chicken with, with Korean fried chicken, but they just, and there's just so many amazing, sweet, sticky kind of sauces mm. you get on them. Man, they're good. Man, they are good. Yeah, they're a little bit different. In Japan, they tend to use soy, they kind of take the chicken and they marinate it in soy sauce and garlic, mm. and uh, whereas Korea, yeah, it's kind of more sticky sauce. Mm. But uh, I don't know, really. I did it. Again, there was a there was a video a few weeks out where Ryota and I went to a morning market, and we did have some nice karaage chicken there. But honestly, it it is it is going to be Family Mart or something like that. Like <laughs> the amount of times I've just gone in a Family Mart, I'm run down, I'm tired, I have no energy. I go in, I get the Family Mart fried chicken, tear mm. the paper off in half, munch into it. It's so oily, uh, it's so <laughs> unbelievably oily, but it just <laughs> it just sort of melts in your mouth. It crumbles apart, so juicy, so succulent. Are you a fan, Oof. Pete? Are you a fan of Family Mart fried chicken? Just, uh, yeah, of course I am. I mean, we've talked about this on um, more than one occasion, but it's just very easy to slip into eating fried chicken for um, three times a day, um, times seven. Three in a times week. a day. I'm thinking of <laughs> doing a video where I'm going to go to each and every convenience store, you know, Lawson's, Family mm. Mart, 7-Eleven, yeah. maybe Daily Amazaki, God forbid, and uh, track down all the kind of fried chicken I can and then review it and come to the conclusion and find which one's the best because Lawson's have recently upped their game and maybe they could usurp Family Mart if they keep uh. it up. So it could be a <laughs> Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Chicken, Family Mart Chicken. But uh, he, he, he he is man from Ireland. He ate all the chicken and died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. But yeah, I'm going to do it. 
It's going to play havoc with my stomach and my cholesterol. Oh, innards. But it'll be worth it. <laughs> it'll be completely yeah. worth it. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into a Born Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back to do it all over again on Sunday. But for now, guys, enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll see you to do it all over again over the weekend. Have a good one. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.